0: Wicked Good, Season 3, Episode 00. Today's advertisers are Tommy Chong, CBD, Blue Chew, and Love Sense. as always. If you want to check them out right now, you can go to wickedgood.xyz. There's an Advertisers tab. You bada bing, bada boom, click the Advertisers tab, and then you get links to the advertisers. If you don't use those links, I don't make any money. Also, on wickedgood.xyz, there's other platforms if you need. Honestly, that's... The intro for this season. Starting it off, new season obviously, uh, set substantially better than it used to be. Um, don't really want to get into that. I'll probably get into more actual like behind the scenes stuff later on in the episode, but I want to start it off. As always, we have, I guess you can say hack of the week. I used to do the hack of the week segment, but um, that just seems kind of normy at this point. So I'm just usually going to talk about a hack at the beginning uh, as always so that way people can just understand this stuff continues to happen and you should really be protective of your personal data but in this case not very possible so the NSO it's a group uh, from Israel they create spyware to target terrorists and as we know um, the war on terror has gone very well and that's obviously me being facetious not gone very well but This type of software is used to crack phones and basically skim data off of them. Text messages, phone calls, basically complete root access of the device. Now, it's called the Pegasus uh, Spyware. Well, it's not actually called Spyware in it, but it's called Pegasus. And it's called Amnesty International. Um, They are the people who created a group called the Pegasus Project They are the heads of it, and they are basically getting together with a bunch of news organizations to talk about the fact that this is actually a thing and it needs to stop. So I'm basically just going to be reading the article, um, because... I can't write my own stuff really well, so I'll read other people's stuff that they wrote. That is pretty well. So NSO's group spyware has been used to facilitate human rights violations around the world on a massive scale, according to a major investigation to, into the leak. Over 50,000 phone numbers of potential surveillance targets have been discovered. These include head of state activists, journalists, including Jamal Khashoggi's family. So the guy who was brutally murdered inside of an embassy the pegasus project lays bare to the nso's spyware is a weapon and a weapon of choice for representative democracies seeking to silence journalists attack activists and crush dissent placing countless lives in peril the Countless Lives in Peril, everything puts Countless Lives in Peril, so you can kind of leave that stuff out. But the Pegasus Project is a groundbreaking collaboration by more than 80 journalists from 17 media organizations in 10 countries. Um, a Paris-based media nonprofit coalition um, is helping them uh, with technical support. Amnesty is really being the heads of the technical support, figuring out how to do a lot of this stuff or back and figure out if it's actually on your device because they do go down in this article and talk about how they can actually figure out if your device has been um, penetrated or not. Great use of words there, Joe, but back to the actual article. At the center of this investigation is NSO's group Pegasus Spyware, which when... Um, Serpentitiously installed on victims' phones allows an attacker, that was great, um, complete access to the devices, messages, emails, media, microphone, camera, calls, contacts, etc. Over the next week, media partners of the Pegasus project, including The Guardian, a bunch of, um, a bunch of news place media companies that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce because I do not know how to pronounce them. So those ones. Uh, Washington Post also, if you don't know real quick, uh, I do post all the links in a paste bin at the end of this so you can actually read the articles for yourself. If you don't want to listen to me doing it also, that's on you. Up to you. Or watch me doing it because this is technically a show now. From the leaked data and their investigations, Forbidden Stories and its media partners identified potential... NSO clients in 11 countries, Azerbaijan, Hungary, India, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Morocco, Rwanda, Saudi Arabia, Khashoggi, um, Togo, and the United Emirates, United Emirates, United Arab Emirates, UAE, obviously. How wouldn't you know who those people are? The NSO group has not taken adequate action to stop the use of its tools for unlawful targeted surveillance of activists, journalists, despite the fact that it either knew or arguably ought to have known that it was being taken place. This stuff is actual software that police officers and people can buy. Um, I think think maybe on one of the earlier seasons, I had talked about another company that was selling um, facial recognition technology and data sets to um, United States police office, um, police office, whatever you call it, police offices, heads of whatever they are, and same thing's happening here. So basically a police or a government entity can buy this spyware and basically use it on whoever they want now whoever they want is obviously up to them they say terrorism he said she said uh, who knows anyone can be a terrorist under certain circumstances so who knows where the stuff is actually be using uh being used and that's basically what they're trying to talk about with the pegasus project the fact that this is a thing and can literally be used against anyone they want under the guise of terrorism but we know with the patriot act that's gone very well um So they also go into the part where Khashoggi's family was being targeted, and during the investigation, evidence was has also emerged that family members of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi were targeted with Pegasus software before and after his murder in Istanbul on 2 October, on the 2nd of October 2018, by Saudi operatives, despite repeated denials from NSO Group. I think a huge point of this is you can't necessarily, like, say the spyware company didn't know it was happening because you you should know what this stuff is happening. If you're able to create software that can do things like that, you should also be able to create backdoors to that software so you can actually see what it's being used for. Now that's real some that's some real Big Brother sort of stuff, but at the same time, like, you should probably have that stuff built into your software. His wife was repeatedly targeted with the spyware between September 2017 and April 2018, as well as his son, uh, who was also selected as a target, along with family members in Saudi Arabia and the uh, UAE, United Arab Emirates. Uh, Journalists under attack. There's a whole list of different journalists that were under attack. Um, All right, so here we go. This is the stuff I like. Amnesty... Uh, International is today releasing a full technical details of the securities lab in-depth forensic investigation as part of this Pegasus project. God damn. Talking for the rest of this hour is going to be ridiculous. Um, The lab's methodology report documents the evolution of Pegasus spyware attacks since 2018. The details on the spyware's infrastructure including more than 700 Pegasus related documents. I didn't go over any of those technical details. I don't have the time, nor do I have the want. Usually, uh I like to go right to the source. But if the source is 700 pages, um, I'll have to pass. I don't care that much. Uh, seeing as also they come out and say no one in the United States was supposedly targeted with this. So I feel good that I haven't been targeted by this. Maybe but from something else. Maybe someone listening to this is also inside of my cell phone. Hopefully, I won't know that, um, but basically what they're saying is the widespread Pegasus violations are just getting crazy because they're using it against journalists. Now, I mean, there's arguments for both sides, terrorism, you know, there you go, that's uh, that's what they use as evidence to uh, actually start putting this on someone's cell phone or whatever Device they want to put it on. Uh, in response to a request for comment by media organizations involved in the Pegasus project, NSO Group has said it firmly denies the claims and stated that many of them are uncooperated Many of them are un- theories, which raise serious doubts about the re- reliability of your sources as well as basics of your story that made zero fucking sense thank you for whoever wrote this um i'm also not great at reading obviously as anyone can tell wonderful i have a podcast or a show where i just read shit uh, nso group did not confirm or deny which governments the nso group customers are although it said that the pegasus project had made incorrect assumptions in the regards Notwithstanding its general denial of the claims, NSO Group said it will continue to investigate all credible claims of misuse and take appropriate action based on the results of these investigations. Didn't see a response like that coming. Definitely saw a response like that coming. Uh, Obviously, they're going to deny it. Why would they come out and say, oh, yes, our software is being used for terrible things. And we facilitated it. But we'll stop. We'll definitely stop. We'll we'll do our own investigation. You know, we'll see how that goes. So that, that that basically that's just me reading a an article about how um people are getting hacked. Now, obviously, this has been happening. This it, that's not going to stop. A lot of people need to realize that you should probably not be clicking on random links anywhere. But um. I did find this website. I'm going to shout out Muda, mudhar uh, some ordinary gamers. He uh, talked about this website, which is actually really cool. It's called Browserling. So if you get, say you get one of those spam emails or whatever, some random sp- Amazon, go yourself dot three nine, at come shot dot Gmail or whatever. If they email you something, there's a link. Please do not click that fucking link. If, if you click that link, you're an idiot. You deserve to get whatever is in that link put onto your computer or whatever's happening. This way, instead of clicking on that link, you can take that link, copy and paste it. And if you go on browser link, you can copy and paste it into the browser link. Then you can open up what, um, like what, if you want a Windows 10. All right, we'll load it into Windows 10. We want it loaded onto the Edge browser in Windows 10. Nope, you want Firefox. So we're going to go Windows 10 Firefox to dot I'm not going to say a certain website because who knows if someone's going to buy that website and now whatever I just said is going to go to that website. But whatever that shitty website is that's trying to maliciously attack you, you can go into this and type that in or copy and paste. Don't type it. If you have the mind to do that, you can go ahead and do that. Type it in, you Psychopath. Or, as a normal person, copy and paste it into here, choose the browser and all that shit. Then you can test it, and it will actually open up the browser, but it'll be opening it up virtually. It won't be opening it up on your computer, so that way you don't get malware or whatever might be on that website. So, if you ever get random, well, random, everyone gets these. If you ever get any of these spam emails, just hop on here. It's kind of cool just to see, all right, how are they actually, are they good at scamming? who knows maybe they maybe they're not good at scamming also if you ever try to get scammed just go to who is then you can see when the uh, domain was created and a lot of times when i'm getting or attempting to be fished i just look that up and then the domain was created or the website was created a day ago so clearly it's not amazon or apple or google telling me i have a security issue no i if that was a thing the URL wouldn't have been created a day ago. So if you ever get any of that shit, please don't click on it. I feel like that's just something that most people should understand. If you knew listening to this ep- this stuff for the first time, I just like talking about the stuff in the beginning because not enough people talk about it and I think it's going to affect us very, very largely in the long term. Who knows? But what I am here for is also music stuff. If you have listened to any of the other episodes, I like talking about uh, the music industry. Uh, I do make music on the side. I don't publish it anywhere, though, and uh, a lot of my friends do it. So I am very interested in the industry, and I like to talk about stuff that happens in it. And one of the largest players in the industry, music industry, is... Um, what the fuck? They, changed, they just changed their name. It's it's Hybe, Hybe now. Um, whatever the fuck it is, they changed their name. Oh, Bright Music. Okay, great. Okay, so this is... Uh, I'm just fucking this up completely. Hybe is having auditions for producers. So I'm throwing this in here. If anyone wants to at least try to throw some casting lines out there, they are. I will read the website per as what's written there. We are looking for not me. We as in them, obviously. Nice joke there. Uh, We are looking for a producer ready to step onto the global music industry stage. Bright. Oh, bite. Big hit. God damn it. Big hit music is, oh god, big hit music is waiting, oh, yeah, is waiting for producers who are seeking opportunities to show their boundless potential and talent so we can suck you dry. Probably shouldn't even be saying that right now. All right, application category producer specializing in pop music. The qualifications. Anyone can apply, regardless of age, education, or experience. However, any applicants above the age of 14... Oh, however, only applicants above the age of 14 will be considered. So anyone can reply, just be over the age of 14, basically is what they're saying. Both individual and team submissions are welcome. I am big time. I'm big hit. (sighs) Preference, a producer with an... Excellent understanding of global music market and trends. How to apply? Submit an online application on the NNC website. nnc.hybeauditionhybeaudition.com. Demo submission guidelines. We recommend that you submit demos that would be sufficiently competitive in the global music market with potential to rank in the global major music charts. Obviously, to show the best of your talents and tastes. Application submission guidelines. Submission. I'm, this is basically an advertisement that I'm not getting paid for, I'm now realizing. Submit two to five demos, a complete track and completed melodies, or only the track MP3 files preferred. If submitting lyrics, PDF files are preferred. Please list the credits of the demo files. Composer, lyricist, arranger, guide, guide vocal. Oh, sample used, obviously. Uh, mobile DAW, not accepted. So, you noobs who paid the same price you could pay for your desktop. Actually, I'm now saying that that doesn't even matter because most people I know. That do have portable also have bought it on actual desktop so it's just more convenient portable I agree okay so no mobile dodge you got to transfer that to desktop and then do it again for teams each team master must submit his or her own application separately so if you're doing multiple people each one separately application submission period well I really fucked this one didn't I well you can't submit it anymore so this is null and void well Alright, well, I'm just gonna read the prize that you just can't even get anymore because I'm reading this too late. Grand prize. 500 million. Wait. KRW. The fuck is that? Individual or team taxes may apply. Oh, alright, 5 million. Alright. If received the prize into an overseas. Oh, if. Oh. If receiving the prize into an overseas bank account, it will be remitted. Remitted according to the exchange rate of the day of the announcement. Please note that depending on the entries, a final winner may not be selected. We, You may have the opportunity to become an in-house producer depending on the evaluation results. Well, really fucked myself on that one. Oops. Well, since that's useless, well, I guess we'll just move on to the social glove stuff. Um, great episode. Great, great start to this. Yeah, you're doing really good, buddy. Uh, Austin McBroom, Social Gloves, was looking into this, uh, a lot after the show, after the event happened and watched it, obviously. After the event happened, a lot of people were saying they weren't being paid. So I wanted to look into it, see what companies own what. And come to find out, um, it was before even Tana came out and said Austin owned. Austin technically owns the, Austin's company technically owns the copyright to social gloves. Um, uh, what's the other company name? Simply Greatness is the actual production company that runs the social gloves thing. So basically, Billboard just came up with an article that I'm going to read, obviously. Uh, Tim Pool and this are most other people on the internet who just read articles because, um, we don't like writing our own stuff. Unless we're and we just write everything our, ourselves. Um, I'm going to read this. Starting now. Popular YouTuber Austin McBroom's company, Simply Greatness, has filed a lawsuit against Live over the June 12th Battle of the Platforms boxing event. Allegedly, the broadcaster for the Battle of the... Uh, whatever, the pay-per-view boxing event and the concert in Miami... Quote, misrepresented costs, made unauthorized sponsorship agreements, unlawfully refused to hand over ticketing income, and attempted to pursue his company to finance an over-the-top proof of concept that Live could then co-opt for its own competitive purposes. While McBroom's lawsuit is assigning most of the blame of the $10 of... Nice one. Um blame for the $10 million in losses linked to the YouTube vs TikTok PPV bash pay-per-view uh which would include Profile. Okay, whatever his team has backed away from their claim that the event's paid members were being misrepresented by LiveX Live after hiring a leading forensic auditor to probe LX, LXL's LiveX Lives Transactional level payment data from its payment processors. McBroom and his attorneys have accepted LiveX Live's reports that only 136,000 pay-per-views were sold. They wanted clearly more than that, so they have confirmed now that there is only 136,000 pay-per-views for that event. Now, in all honesty, that's pretty good for a pay-per-view. It doesn't really obviously doesn't live up to what they probably wanted. They probably wanted like half a million. I'm pretty sure they say in the lawsuit that they wanted half a million. But uh great facts. Uh no facts, only feelings here. Um though Simply Greatness production continues to harbor concerns that the information that is being permitted to audit did not reveal the full financial picture. The claimant filed Thursday in Los Angeles County Superior Court. Blah blah blah. In the lead up to the event, LiveX Live allegedly showed mcbroom financial models that projected here we go more than 1 million in pay-per-view sales performance at 50 dollars a piece plus fees and 5 million in projected sponsorship sales generating as much as 62 million in total so here we go again the financial models shown by livex live to mcbroom projected more than 1 million pay-per-views they only got 130,000 which would be at $50 a piece plus fees and a $5 million in projected sponsorship sales generating as much as 62 million in total clearly they didn't get anywhere near that by the missing by missing the sales target and only generating 6.5 million so rather than generating the 6 62 million. They wanted to. They only got 6.5 million in revenue. The battle of platforms is facing an estimated 10 million dollar uh, revenue, revenue, revenue shortfall. LiveXLive is accused of introducing, of uh, inducing Simply Greatness Productions to fund a spare no cost Gatsby style spectacle with knowingly false financial projections. So. LiveX lies is accused of funding a spare no cost, so a very extravagant Gatsby. If you haven't read it or watched the movie, watch it or read it. Watch it. Who who reads anymore? Uh, me, because I'm doing this. Actually, great one. Uh, spectacular. Knowing false financial projections, uh, the attorney blah blah blah, blah, blah 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 wrote in the civil complaint, which alleges breach of contract fraudulent uh, inducement, negligent misrepresentation, and breach of covenant good of faith and dealing. According to the complaint, LiveXLive allegedly never provided the Simply Greatness productions with a final accounting of the event and had conditions that dispersed of... Wait. All right financial accounting of the event and had conditioned the distribution of funds on the release of livex live and all liabilities and claims wonderful so basically they just said yeah we're not covering any of this that's made it impossible to pay the events fighters including bryce hall who was supposed to be paid five million dollars and got molested um oops Lawsuit alleges LiveXLive has been fraudulently concealing revenue generated from hidden agreements. Now, this is what we're going to get. This is what I was diving into is this random company that was literally created three months before this NFT company. Which I should have just said no. All right. Fraudulent concealing revenues generated from hidden agreements, including a deal with a blockchain merch company, Cybernito. Cyber-tino. So I don't know why I keep saying that. Shout out to Dyslexia. Cybertino to create NFT memorabilia in the fighter's likeness. McBroom only found out about the NFT contract in a press release, the lawsuit says, and was not included in the $3 million payment the company allegedly made to LiveXLive. Uh, the lawyer also says that LiveXLive has not provided the McBroom family with a financial accounting of in-person tickets of event at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, where they were supposed to split 75-25 in favor of McBroom's company. So, gotta stop saying that, not so, blah, blah. blah. This is what happened. Cybernito is a Delaware company that also registered in California. I went on, if anyone doesn't know, if you want to look up a company name, just look up the company's name and you can figure out a lot of stuff about them if you go to your state secretary's website. Every state has a secretary. There's a business search for everyone. So I did that in Delaware. Uh, sucks. Uh, Probably another reason why everyone puts it in Delaware is because you have to pay a fee to actually see more details about the company, which is a little ridiculous. Not paying $10 to look into this shit. Someone else is going to do it anyways for me. So there you go. But in California, there is free documents. So I looked into that. Cybernito was literally created four months before this event. So this NFT memorabilia company created or this NFT memorabilia company Cybertino gave payments of three million dollars to LiveX Live without even telling Austin about it. That included the likeness of the Social Gloves entertainers. If you go and look at the, the NFTs, they're basically just digital cards and coins for people who won and who lost. So there you go. Oh, actually there is actually really cool though. I do like the fact that which I hope this starts happening more they are selling like the knockouts as nfts i'll get into more nfts after the bitcoin shit but um i honestly think it's cool i think more companies should do this but i don't know how a company that was created four months before this giant event somehow got three million dollars just to give to them so there you go that's something uh i'm turning my all right, now we're down. Back, okay, back to this. Um, and then uh, $30 million. Oh, and also on top of that, they haven't gotten accounting for the in-live actual venue. So at the actual venue, Hard Rock Stadium, uh, the Dolphins play there, and the Logan Paul Mayweather fight was there. They haven't even gotten accounting for that. So clearly that's a big problem. The venue uh, commitment was because, okay, yeah, whatever. That was right after. Uh, Paul Kaiser... A uh, former NCAA agent hired by McBroom to produce the event. Uh lawyers claim Kaiser did not fulfill his obligations outlined in the producer agreement he signed in March. Kaiser did not comment for this story. Uh Billboard reached out to LiveX Live chairman, blah 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 Rob. Alan for comment. Oh, this is where it gets good. Neither nor the company's senior VP of Corporation Communication responded. LiveX Live is now facing eight open lawsuits and is being pursued by two law firms over unpaid legal bills and a number of music festivals for non-payment. On Friday, lawyers representing... Uh, an early LiveX Live investor released a transcript of a 400 page deposition uh, Ellen sat for in October, where he lobbed jokes at the opposing attorney and recounted a January 2020 fire that severely damaged the exterior of the Cocoa Nightclub in Bologna, England, which was owned by Ellen's former business partner. I mean, I mean. Uh, all right, here we go. We get more. So LiveX live is basically scum. And a lot of, I, th- I heard a lot of people saying it yeah, because it's a public company. Uh, it's not scum. It, c- it can't do any of this stuff. I don't know if anyone remembers the 2008, uh, market crash, very much possible to be a publicly traded company and be doing shady shit. So definitely doing shady shit more on that. June 28th, the company released its fiscal year financials revealing LiveXLive had ranked up 41 million in losses for the year, showing an accumulated defect, uh, I don't know what this means, defectant of 169 million since going public in 2016, 2017. Oh, that's actually not that long ago. As of March 20, as of March 31st, the report shows LiveXLive is carrying out uh a liabilities on the book of 77 million so they have 77 million of liabilities on the book right now livex live is now alleging is now allegedly using the event as a proof of concept for future boxing events two weeks after the battle of the platforms concluded livex live announced and launched a self-made ko and an all-female pay-per-view boxing event pitting social media influence against one another Basically, we're like, hey, we're gonna bring you guys in. Well, you guys throw as, you guys throw as much money as you want on it. We'll live stream it, you know? We'll, we'll take the backend licenses and sell it, uh, so we can make more money off of it. And we won't tell you any of the accounting. So, I do, uh, now understand why Austin McRoom was, uh, staying quiet on this. Uh, you don't wanna be talking about this stuff, like, at the beginning, like, before a lawsuit. Once the lawsuit's filed, then you can start talking about it because now it's in writing and it's all squared out it needs to be squared out for there to be a lawsuit or hopefully a good lawsuit that's gonna win if you don't have that stuff squared out you don't also they can probably get away with defamation and stuff if you were to do it earlier than that or you're just on the street when fucking tmz runs up on you so it's not necessarily austin's fault it is still sketchy i don't like the fact that he owns the company that basically was fighting but Mayweather does it so I mean at a certain point there's not really much you can do about it oops I just want to see more of the stuff happening I wish more TikTokers YouTubers social media stars um, music stars I wish more of them would just start fighting I don't know why I during this pandemic I've gotten to, into fighting a lot it's so much better than a lot of other sports I think it's also the fact that it's just barbaric and it's it's fighting also um. Yeah, I don't know why I like it that much. I did, I did watch the, the bare knuckle fighting, uh, the blue face. Blue face was fucking gassed at the end, but after like a minute of getting his, um, or a, uh, a minute after getting his breath back after the fight was over, um, and he was about to get interviewed, <laughs> some fan, I guess, or some, someone in the crowd, I won't say fan, someone in the crowd got up into the ring and started talking shit. And blue face fucking popped him one. Got him twice, pretty good it looked. Watched the slow mo's a couple times. So, um, Guess you got revenge on that one, but those the, the the best punches I think from Blueface were probably at the end of the fight. Also, that's probably some recency bias getting into that. I just like to watch my, I I'd like to see more of these fights. Like I I, I like honestly why not? Like who who doesn't want to watch who doesn't want to watch fighting? Actually a lot of people don't want to watch fighting, obviously. Uh I'm gonna go to an ad, cause I can do that now, because I I know how third person works. Advertisement, advertising, advertiser, back again, added again for a interruption uh, regarding your podcast or whatever the hell you're listening to, whatever you want to call it. This ad comes from Tommy Chong CBD and obviously there's a lot of CBD brands out there, but there's only one that has the name Tommy Chong. Uh, they have drops, they got topicals, gummies, soft gels, they have it's all from, it's like 75, 750 milligram full spectrum gummies. Then you have 250 milligram CBD muscle freeze gel. There's definitely something on the website that will definitely pique your interest. The drops, probably my favorite. They come in three different formulas, form, different formulas, uh, full spectrum formula, good vibes formula, and nice dreams formula. They got 300 milligram versions all the way up to 3000 milligram versions. Now it's not necessarily just the drops. It's 3000 milligram versions of different types of products. So no matter who you are, there's a, there's a product for you. Just click, uh, On my website, wikigood.xyz, and obviously there will be a link. That link on the website is the only link that allows me to get money off of it. You can type in uh, Tommy Chong CBD and go to the website, but I'm not going to get any money from that. The only way to give me money through this advertisement is to go through my website, wikigood.xyz, advertisements tab, CBD, Tommy Chong uh, tab right there. Send you right to the website. And best off, you can save 20% at the checkout after you've clicked that website um, use code tommy20 again tommy20 so go to wickedgood.xyz wickedgood ads tab then go to the cbd products ad and then go to add whatever the hell you want to your your box the gummies are pretty fucking good that's what i i'd recommend the gummies so do that go to checkout then at checkout make sure you do tommy20 to get the 20% off and that's it uh that's the ad for tommy chong cbd obviously i'd recommend it i'm i'm advertising it don't really advertise products that i wouldn't want to use or enjoy myself so obviously the other ads that i've put up same thing so wicked good xyz wicked good ads everything ads there back again ads that's how the internet works uh advertising for myself also wicked xyz if you didn't know Uh, obviously you know because you should know if you know you know the youtube channel i want to shout out this week is a live streaming channel this channel i don't know why i enjoy putting this on in the background it's uh, it's almost the same as the train that, that that conductor who like drives through like russia and shit i love putting that on in the background i don't know why but this one is someone who put live streaming cameras in birds nests and if you don't think that's cool, go fuck yourself. Um, it's cool. And also, if you don't want to watch it live, you can obviously skim through it and you can see what's happening. You can watch the mom feeding, coming back. Some of them, like, you can. Well, I haven't watched that. I don't really want to watch that. I haven't watched the feeding thing. I, I saw it ha- quickly saw it happening, quickly went past that. Don't, don't need to watch birds regurgitating into. Just regurgitating in general. But, uh, right, the one I'm looking at right now is two birds just chilling, and that's the top of fucking four. This guy, or who I shouldn't say, get this person. Great fucking, great. Only 44 people watching this live. So hopefully you can get those numbers up. I wish I'd get that many live, but that won't happen. Um, so that's, there you go. Wicked, uh, Wicked Good, um, uh, YouTube channel of the week. Yep, that's the name of the segment. Now, to get on to actual pressing issues, just kidding, this is not pressing unless you kind of care about Bitcoin. Technically, we lost uh, right now, in April, $2 billion worth of Bitcoin. Now, it's only worth $1 billion worth of Bitcoin, but basically just lost $1 billion of Bitcoin into the abyss because a Bitcoin billionaire has supposedly died off the coast of Costa Rica from drowning. If you're listening to this, you do not see my eyebrows while saying that. Hopefully, you can tell by the tone of my voice that I am definitely believing the fact that he just drowned off the coast of Costa Rica. Now, I'm just going to read a New York Post uh, article because it seemed to be somewhat the best. Also had the most links. Most media companies don't like leaving links. For some reason, uh, I was taught in school that you have to use sources, otherwise you can get expelled. Kind of wish that was how journalism worked nowadays, but no. So I'm reading the New York Post, cancer, uh, in cancer form. Here's the title: Bitcoin billionaire, um, Marcia Popes- Popesco, uh, Popes- Popesco. I I was trying to, I I did a full sense. I had no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. I did have to look it up on YouTube and see how other people were saying it. Clearly just lost, just lost it now. So definitely probably got that wrong. This man's is leaving behind a $2 billion fortune in limbo around a billion dollars. Now, if you know, Bitcoin's lost about half of its wealth. So there you go. Um, Controversial Bitcoin billionaire I hate when they say that just the Bitcoin billionaire uh, died forty one, suddenly died, leaving behind a massive crypto fortune worth around one, $1 billion dollars. Uh, Popesco, known among the largest individual holders of Bitcoin in the world at one point, um supposedly drowned off the coast of Costa Rica uh, near Playa Hermanas Hermasoa. Great pronunciation. After going uh, for a morning swim, according to the local news. Now, I would link to the local news, but I do not speak fluent Spanish. Uh, I can understand it, just can't read it. Barely good at reading English, clearly. Uh, his death has since been confirmed by three women who are reportedly very close to him. Though, others have arised questions over whether he's actually dead. Now... Usually when uh, something happens like this and someone just comes out, not women, just in general, I like to question uh, the source. Uh, And so I kind of went down a rabbit hole today before doing this because I wanted to actually look into uh, who are these women and how can we confirm that they actually know them. I'm going to talk about them and actually go and read all three of their blogs. I'm not reading one of them because it's like a fucking page long or more than that. It's a lot of scrolling, not reading that. Don't have the brain capacity to do that at the moment. Uh, his website, which is crazy. This guy's website, He, I that's another deep dive that I just don't know I ever want to go down. He was like blogging every day about some crazy shit. Uh, his website, which is previously active maintained, has not been updated since Jan- yeah, June 23rd, the day of his reported death. And this guy was basically updating every single day on his website. So that's another reason why people would think that he's gone. Mm-mm-mm-mm. On the lower end, uh, people have estimated that it's around $1 billion that he actually owns. We don't know how much he actually owns. I would like to find the wallet that he has. There's definitely people out there watching to see uh, where it moves. Uh, it's unclear though if any of his assets uh, are being able to be accessed by anyone else, but crypto watchers are already speculating on what's going to happen to the fortune. Most likely just going to disappear. Uh, Pompliano, obviously. Other. Uh, okay, great. Uh, basically, so what I really wanted to get into was uh, these three women. Um, they all seem to have blogging websites. And they're all kind of in the same format. So... I am sneakingly suspicious about the fact that they might actually, because this guy was also had sort of the same format uh, as a blogging website. I don't know how blog. I never had one, so I don't know if this is just something that just constantly happens. But I'm just going to read these and uh, you can make your own judgment on um, these women. Uh, I'm not going, to, okay, I'll read a good amount of this. Alright, this is how the unexpected end feels right now like a suddenly severed link to source and to essence. What is that link? Uh, What a link it was. It's been 12 years since we first met, uh, since we first met uh, uh, pesco and i as much as meeting may mean online these 12 years have passed so she met him online and they only really were online i guess but not quickly or nor uh in the blink of an eye no for they have been full and intense and ultimately transformative despite the supposed limits of this online medium Because indeed, we interacted mostly over these uh, modern wires that carry themselves uh, appropriately enough, exactly light and darkness, as he aptly observed once, out of the light and dark though, everything is ultimately shaped and our initial fitting... Fitting touch persists and grew organically into an even more intricate and complex link. In time, it became even stronger, enough to bear so much more than one fun and enlightening conversation, and even more than one project on which we worked together. So this lady, known him 12 years, supposedly, um, uh, allegedly, that's the word there, allegedly, allegedly, everything, everything's alleged. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, that's why. Uh, project, uh, they worked on, so they worked on a couple different projects. Now, her, uh, everyone, all three of these link to actual articles on this guy's website. So, there's, they're pretty into it. Uh, though it all, and eventually, uh, though it all, and at every juncture, he had been incredibly supportive and protective all of all healthy growth, clearing space for it with fire if when needed. God, this fucking show sucks ass. Uh, where's the good shit? God damn it! Where's the part where she talks about I'm dying in the ocean? Oh, here we go. It was what I was about to read. Right when I told myself this show sucks, even though it does. Uh, there, w- <laughs> there was, there was. Oh, fuck. My brain is slowly just dissipating. There, I'm becoming mentally inefficient because I can't use the R word anymore. There was an all above and, oh, there was all the above and more to it. The beast, beloved, utter beastly beast of an ocean, as he called it, did steal it all in the end, though. What's left now is the legacy, and perhaps as much as I could grow with it so far. Whether it's enough or not, I can't tell, but as with all I've ever got, I'll try as hard as I can to make the most of it, too. What will come out of it further, now the link to the source... All have been severed. Uh, I don't know, nor can I quite begin to think much of what has just happened yet. I'm grateful for having uh, journeyed together as long as we did. And through the numbness of all of it, there's also a warm grow of knowing that he enjoyed my company, too. While the world is for now a darker place, life still remains The burden and the war that he knew it to be. And he enjoyed fully, although he had no illusions about its end. So that's one of the ladies. Uh, I'm sure if you stayed along for that, you're definitely going to want to read this next one. Uh, I'm just going to get to the part where they talk about him dying. Um, But... This most poetic death, mimicking the butterfly's final flight over the ocean of which he was fond, came so soon on the line of his life as to render it the worst of all thieves. His life rubbed, oh, his life was rubbed. His life was rubbed by water. His life was robbed by the water and the world entirely robbed of its light. This girl, uh, uh, Nope, this is not the girl I was thinking about. Uh, The greatest man who ever lived died in the morning. Do one of the things he loved best. Playing in the ocean. It was the Pacific. That endlessly... That endless expanse that taught him how to love the sea. Where he jumped the waves with his newest slave girl. And retired to... Jesus, I don't even remember that part. Where he jumped the waves with his newest slave girl a gliding threesome of pelicans crested and breaking waves in the spot where he definitely breathed his last skimming the water in a final winged salute. God damn. Did I not read that? What the fuck? Well, uh, clearly from that statement, you do realize what's probably coming next. Uh, What's up with these slave girls that he has? Now. This lady, uh, woman, Nicole. Uh, I'm not going to dox her even though it is her website and she basically dox herself. Uh, this girl completely uh, describes this man as master. Now, in all honesty... Can't really shit on someone for acting the way they do, um, as long as they're not hurting other people, I hope. Uh, Hopefully that wasn't my camera just turning off, otherwise i would be very bad. Uh, Basically, I'm doing, where's the part where they talk about him dying? I'm just going to, oh, One of our first many walks in Costa Rica, he took me to a cafe and looked into my eyes, telling me, Welcome to the other side, where we do things because we want to and not because we have to. That went probably very well. Uh, I'm going to go to the last one. So, Master, thank you for leaving behind so much of... Wait. Time. All right. I don't even... I just want to get to the bad stuff, apparently. uh, Because that's what people like. I'll bring Goosey Boy, the Frog, and the Diplomatico. And until we talk here again through my movements... That's really weird. For you blessed me as your bimbo, forever cementing me happily on my knees. So the last line, I lied. Last line is, sweetest dreams, my handsome master. Last line before that is, for, your, for you blessed me as your bimbo, forever cementing me happily on my knees. can't say uh, i necessarily disagree with any of that uh i don't know that was was really shitty uh main thing is i want to get to this part where she talks about some really fucked up stuff that happening now if you go on to this uh bimbo.club really like that url that url was created in like 2014 so this lady's been around for a while oh backcracker uh i don't know if you heard that probably not hopefully not on her website there was actually for a while uh work reports so every single day she would report her work which honestly she did describe why she did that in one thing which honestly is a good argument because she didn't really have anywhere to like kind of like hold her accountable for what she was doing every single day so she wrote down exactly what she was doing downloaded movies for 10 minutes wonder how she was downloading those movies uh four movies in 10 minutes that's pretty good wonder what type of internet speed she's got but um I'm going to talk about the uh, entry called My Punishment. Now, we're going to start off with, The glass slipped out of my hand, crashed onto the wooden floor, making ton of tiny shards. Historically speaking, I'm in at least good company. Now, this must be every slave's greatest fear since at least the, 1900, uh, the 1200s. God, God damn it. It... I look up and smile at Master, attempting to make this into some sort of pleasant folks pass. No idea what that means. Everyone was silent, leaning forward and on their toes, trying to figure out what was about to happen next. I hated them all for being so curious. In a house supported by timber beams with lined with D rings, I don't know if what you know what D rings are, but they're rings that are like on things they look like a D. That D, so you can basically, it's things that you can hang shit off of. In a house supported by timbered beams lined with D-rings, slave house, quote unquote, that's for me, allegedly, what do they expect to happen? I take a deep breath, look up, trying to quickly count and focus on the candles in the chandelier. Wonder why that is. Instead, though, I ended up counting Again, the number of whips in the room. 25 leather whips hang on the walls. Not counting the wooden uh, beating implements or the fire irons that also seem to be strategically placed within arm's reach of my beloved executioner. God. Just. Ugh. Sometimes I think I'm somewhat crazy. So a crazy person calling another crazy person. That's crazy. Shut up all. The, all right, I just want to get to the part where he starts fucking with her. Uh, master returned to the party and I stood for a moment shocked and unable to move. Fear brought me back and I slipped off to see through slipped off the see-through dress, my heels and moved towards the door. Why can't I be this graceful when I'm not in trouble? With each step, I imagine myself sinking further into the floorboards and disappearing from existence. My bout was disassociating from reality, was short-lived as Maddie grabbed my hand and gave me a hug before I left the house. She was wearing the same glittery see-through dress and I, I'd give anything to be matching with her again. It's also the little appreciations that hurt the worst. Even you've been separated from humanity. She was wearing a beautiful emerald colored and it remained. It reminded me of the thick ruby collar around my neck and the matching ones around my wrists. You'll be okay. Don't make it worse than it already is. The vogue words of comfort that can save a slave. What the fuck? Like, this is, I was reading this, and I didn't read this completely when I I read enough. Now I'm just going to read it fully now. This is just getting crazy. For a moment, I let rage take over my brain and control my feelings. Guaranteed, almost every person on earth has broken a glass or two, including him. Why must this be my mistake so, why must my mistake be so severe? Do the people at the party even understand or care about such a small infraction? Of course not. I was the one who dreamed of being a slave since I was a little girl. None of them stayed up at night praying for such a master whom they could dedicate themselves to in hopes of becoming a slave who didn't do such a thing as break a glass. My manic thoughts went back and forth until I fell to my knees on the cold, wet, harsh stones of the path, finally submitting to the beating that I desperately desperately knew I deserved for doing such a poor job. Maybe I wanted this after hearing of the other girl's stories. Wonderful other girls' stories. The stone path led to a peak with a platform. A large window which was connected to a room in the house overlooked the entire length of the platform. This is where I'd wait for him. I was on my knees facing opposite to the house, looking out into the steep forest below. I'm really trying to find this house. Hopefully I can find it so I can scoop on uh, Google Earth. When I felt the people at the party gathering around the window, I heard the clicking of master's shoes as he approached me and I shrunk down into a folded kneeling position. I remembered the day when he first stripped me and made me walk around the town naked. It was in August when a breeze is cool, but the warm sun creates the most refreshing, pleasant temperature. I had just, I had just mastered bright pink and clear 117 centimeter heels when I was told to get dressed, but stay in the heels. I chose the tightest white nip. I chose the tightest white nipple dress. Oh, I I chose... My brain is just going deeper and deeper into dark places, apparently. I chose the tightest white nipple-showing dress and waited outside. At the same time Master arrived, so did a carriage with another girl inside it. I greeted him and started following behind as he walked towards the cart. Ha ha. Not for you, bitch. You're walking. He took out a chain and fastened it to my collar, and uh, with another chain, he clipped my wrist cuffs loosely together all right so this is her talking about one time where she was walked around the town completely naked i would i i shouldn't say i would love that i would want i want to find the pictures that she talks about that people were taking of her because if this this is if this is true what the fuck's going on the girl then jumped out of the carriage took my dress drop wait, okay clipped my wrists loosely together. The long chain attached to my collar was then padlocked and then hooked to the back of the carriage. The girl then jumped out of the carriage and took my dress, dropping it onto the road as uh, as she hopped back inside. The man steering the carriage would occasionally whip the horse and then master would whip me. Wonderful. We paraded through all of the main town roads like this. Me getting cursed out, cheered on, pictures taken, and the occasional person would try and touch me. Once we returned to the house, I was unchanged and told I did well. Permission was granted for me to return inside the house, but I couldn't go in without easing my fixation, easing my fixation by getting the dress that was now trampled into the dirt. The stock locks with a click as it's secured around my head and wrists, the weight of the wood is heavy, making it challenging for me to move my body. Bolts around secure my ankles tightly. Immo- immobile and at his mercy, I feel the first crack of the whip. He can hear people inside gasping and jumping back, but not looking away. I do my best to hold in sequence, but every fifth one he gets me. My ass is bleeding and I'm begging his and I'm begging his shoes, unable to look up by the time I've heard the last crack. So now she's back talking about her being on that platform. It would have been so easy for, for it would have been so easy for you tonight. <clears throat> Why so much trouble A very basic attempts at being a human? All I can muster in response is babbling apologies, thank you, and it won't happen again. It better not. Now move to where the guests park, the, park their cars and say goodbye to each person as they leave. Offer your ass and make me proud. Don't come back until you've showered. I expect you to know where those, uh, where the hose is. Obviously to wash her off. Now that's quote from him saying to her, the Bitcoin billionaire. The weight of the stock makes me limp in the parking lot. My arms have gone numb and every few steps marks on my ass flare up, uh, uh, vibrate. What? Okay, whatever. Uh, as the pins, uh, as if pins are pricking me all over. I escort the first couple to their car. The man, the man encourages his wife to slap my unmarked tits and he tipped me a dollar in my cunt. So, shoved a dollar bill up or snatch. Some variation of this goes on for the next eight to nine cars until a solo man comes out and tells me, sh- a solo woman comes out and tells me she has something for me. I follow her to her car. She quickly turns around and smashes something on my head laughing. I don't realize it at the time, but it's a tomato. Uh, I realized it after the juices ran into my eyes and mouth. These tomatoes got lost in the car after a shopping trip about a week ago. A little moldy, but the perfect ripeness for you. Go stand over there. I want to see how hard I can throw this last one at you. Without receiving any paper tips, I escorted another four cars out. I couldn't wait to collect the $9 in my snatch and the change from the ground. The last man who... Uh, this one's def. I'm definitely clipping this. This is definitely gonna end up being an out of context clip. Cause why can't I do that? I'm. I'm probably gonna fucking put on a list for it. But whatever. The last man was, uh, was so repelled by the smell that he said the only way I could escort him was if I was bagged, if a bag was put on my head and tied around with a lock to block the smell. I don't know how that's going to block the smell. I'm in no position to say no, and Maddie comes in to tie the bag around my head. She leaves the smallest hole for air so I can walk in with him. As we approach the car, he has left me. uh, He has me kneel so he can use me, uh, use my back as a stepping stool to get into his car. I don't know how high the car is up, but I feel like that's just a little bit too much. Obviously, if I'm trying to nitpick any of this clearly most of this is too much Um, basically all of it's too much but really the knees into the car come on it's like i'm just brushing away everything else that's happening or uh, leading up to this all right that's where i was i uh getting into his car and i earnestly wave goodbye as he drives away without any idea of who he was after I'm done with the proper indoor shower, I'm told to join master and sit with the other girls on the floor by the fireplace so that I can tell the story of my punishment without leaving any of the details. I feel like I just like read some like terrible fan fiction or some shit, but um, apparently this is real. So hopefully I don't get put on a list for reading all of that. You can check it out at bimbo.club if you'd like. Uh, how many minutes are we into this? This is, oh, great. We're already at an hour. Well, look at that. And I got more to talk about. Uh, oh, I guess I can just like lead into this. Uh, eh, I'll do it after the Bitcoin or the NFT shit. So leading off the Bitcoin stuff, that's just my mind is subconsciously processing what I just read. Uh, leading off of that, we're gonna get to uh, a bunch of NFTs that have been sold since the last episode. I am, um, I will confirm now that I am working on my own NFT for the podcast. I do not know exactly what the token is going to be used for. Uh, I'm thinking more of some sort of Patreon model almost, where there's only a certain amount of coins and you can only a certain amount of people can join. And then if you want to sell that coin, To someone else you can do that so then they can get access and then every year we release more i i think i'm gonna wait to actually release it until ethereum 2.0 is out Uh, that way i don't put a bunch of development into this coin and then ethereum 2.0 comes out and then i have to do it all over again i don't think i'll have to do that anyways but i'd rather just do it when that launch happens but speaking of nfts charlie bit my finger sold for uh what is it the actual charlie bit my finger nft uh, sold for $760,000. Charlie bit my finger sold for $760,000. That's pretty fucking amazing. Now, if you like, good thing about the blockchain is you can see all the bets, or not bets, the bids. So whoever this 3F music was, uh, outbid meme master for $760,999. So there we go. Charlie, but my finger is sold. The source code for Tim, Berner, uh, Tim Berners-Lee's source code for the actual internet. So the internet's source code, literally the source code for what this NFT's website is running on. what this The World Wide Web runs off this code. Uh, I'm just going to read the description. Work includes original archive of dated and stamped files containing the source code uh, written between October 3rd uh, 1990 and August 24th, 1991. These files contain code with approximately 9,500 9,555 lines of code. The continents of which include implementations of three languages and protocols invented by Sir Tim Berners-Lee, which include HTML, HTTP, and URL. So, uh, HTML, hypertext, markup language, uh, as well as the original HTML documents and instructions early web users on how to use applications. Also, uh, it includes uh, animated visualization of the code being written. Uh, on top of that, a scalable vector graphic representation of the full code and a letter written uh, in the and file marked uh, by Tim Berners-Lee, uh, June 2024. Uh, june 2021 reflecting upon the code and his process of creating it and that sold for 5.4 million dollars so the nft regarding uh, this is actually pretty fucking sick i kind of want this now uh if i ever get more than that hopefully i can buy it uh from whoever this is but god damn that's pretty fucking sick someone bought the actual uh nft code for the internet basically world wide web Another NFT that I thought was pretty cool that has dropped. It's called uh the first, uh, uh, what is it? To the moon, uh, a USA Today NFT. So U.S. Today came out with an NFT. This NFT is the first new p- newspaper delivered to the moon. Just one space fan will own this out of the world tribute bid on a piece of history that History and have a blast with this comic cover of Florida Today. In 1997, legendary Apollo 14 rocket man Alan Shepard, the first American in space, uh, American, not actual person, because Russia beat us in the space race, also delivered the first newspaper to the lunar surface. He famously transported a special edition of Today, now known as Florida Today, part of the USA Today network to the moon, where he also walloped the first golf ball in space. Celebrate the excitement and pioneering spirit of the era and the 50th anniversary of Shepard's visit to uh, visit as you immerse yourself in the interactive mosaic of Apollo landing-related NASA missions and SpaceX launches while supporting the Air Force and Aeronautical Space Museum Foundation and the Garrett Foundation. Uh, who will love to, uh, who will love you to the moon and back as beneficiaries of the stellar auction. The 20, the 48 hour auction will begin on Monday, June 28th. Obviously over at this point. Uh, uh, Gennett will offset the NFC's footprint carbon credits. Clearly, uh, closed. It sold for $8,000. Pretty shitty. Honestly, it sold for that much, but. Honestly, if you have $8,000 to spend on NFT, there you go. Uh, I guess I'll add this into my notes real quick. Uh, Advertiser break. There you go. Back again. It's the interrupting advertisement advertising man. This advertisement is brought to you by Blue Chew. Say it with me, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer-lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same and the active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's in a chewable form and it's a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve longer harder and stronger lasting erections to combat all forms of ed blue chew is an online prescription service and all you have to do you don't have to visit no doctor's office you don't have to have any awkward conversations no waiting in line at a pharmacy all it does ships right to your door in a discreet package The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of the licensed medical providers. And once approved, you'll be able to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers will work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? Who does? No problem here. BlueChew's Sedalafine. Sidalafil, always fuck this up, and Tadalafil uh, tablets are just chewable, you know, it's just chewable, no swallow, well, you have to swallow at some point, but Ch- Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S., and they're prepared and shipped directly to you, obviously, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy, pharmacy, great, love how I said that, so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it comes time to perform, visit bluechew.com, com. For more details and obviously important safety information. But don't forget, I've got a special deal right now Blue Chew for free. Use the code WICKEDGOOD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. So that's bluechew.com, code WICKEDGOOD to receive one month free of Blue Chew. Now, obviously, thanks to Bluetooth for sponsoring this ad. You can also go to wickedgood.xyz for a link to it without having to type in or whatever if you don't want to do that. But um, that's the ad. The advertising, advertising man is uh, advertisement man. It will let you get back to the rest of the episode. Back at again, uh, obviously after an ad, I am going to just talk about some metaverse regarding the, the show. Uh, right now clearly uh new set are not kind of new just updated lights all that jazz done by myself if you would like and if anyone's listening to this and wants set design for shows uh, live shows I've done a concert before I was going to do a concert then COVID hit so that didn't happen uh, this, obviously, I did all myself. So if anyone wants any of that stuff, let me know. I have, uh, I think I like doing this stuff. So I have no problem. I can cannibalize some of the set, bring it there. Obviously, I'll need it back here for the episodes, but there you go. Um, on top of that, uh, we're still on Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, the hub, as always. The, the hub sucks because I keep getting fucking I, I'm technically monetized on there and I can run ads. But if I have a guest on and I don't get their ID, then the, the I can't even I can't even edit the video. It needs to go through my modera- uh, moderation. So the hub is fucking me, which I guess that's what the hub is made for. Yes, uh, Patreon. I'm going to go into more on that. Uh, I'm going to start adding some better tiers so like the stickers and stuff. Uh, I'm going to make it so basically all merch is sold through the Patreon, and then if you don't want to re-up in the end of the month, you just cancel it so you can join for one month, get the merch, and then peace out, up to you. Uh, On top of that, oh, I created a subreddit. Probably should have said that at the beginning of the show, that would have been useful. I created a subreddit. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, interviews. I got to stop saying um, uh, or uh doing interviews in public we have or I have access to some of the smartest people on the planet uh, in Boston so kind of smart for me to just go ask questions to them don't know specifically what I'm going to do was going to do July 4th stuff if I started the podcast a little bit earlier but that didn't happen so no July 4th content like that also on top of that I think I'm going to segment the shows more when I do interviews I am going to have just uh, like an interview segment if the person coming on, if the guest want, like, I'm just gonna have a, a guest segment where I just talk to the guest about things. If the guest wants to come on for more, uh, like, more in-depth stuff where I talk about, like, the read that shit, that's fine. I don't want to be reading that stuff with a guest here, cause that's just, they probably, most of the time, if you, if you've watched any of this, or any of the older episodes, a lot of the time when I have a guest on for a long, a long time, They'll have no idea what I'm talking about, so they're just kind of sitting there, and I want to actually get stuff out of them, so not really useful doing that sort of stuff. I- I'm not as cloutful as uh, Mr. Rogan, so I can't just sit down for three hours just going through random topics with people. Obviously, that's the goal at some point, like to do like a four-hour show. This show is probably going to be like an hour and a half uh, leading on to that. Probably most shows, if I have an interview or I have a guest, going to be probably two hours long. The goal is to have two hour long shows. Obviously, this one's probably going to be kind of short because it's the first episode, number zero, zero. Hopefully, I got that intro correct. I don't know if I did. I'll find out when I'm re-recording or I'm listening back to this. Um, four chair set up now, no COVID divider. Mass is all open, so we don't need to deal with that. On top of that... Mm, hopefully, I think I'm going to be, uh, I, I think I'm going to have guests for almost every episode. It does look like the schedule is working out to work that way. So hopefully, uh I'll probably do maybe an hour long, maybe a little longer. Obviously, I, if it's a guest that I know, uh like a certain topics, so I'm going to bring those up that I, if I'm going to talk about them in the episode. So I'll probably do the guests talking at the end of the episodes and then me talking for the first hour or whatever about certain topics that obviously I'd deep dive in and sort of that sort of stuff Um, basically becoming a weekly fucking who knows what Uh, it's going to continue with the season thing. I am enjoying taking these breaks. I, uh, if you watched any of the last episodes of last season, I was just weaning up. I was not feeling it. Uh, There was supposed to be be an extra episode that just never ended up coming out because I recorded and I was like, just fuck it. I was just going to leave it. So I I left it at episode 12. This season should be going until, I think it's technically 15 episodes, but 015. This season is going to end in October. Hopefully, now that I've gotten into the rhythm, I think I'm going to be doing technically two seasons a year. So I'll be doing that. Probably going to bite myself in the ass for just saying all this stuff because I'm probably not going to end up being exactly... On, uh, on cue with that. But this season will end in October. Hopefully the last, uh, last, I think it's four episodes of the season, uh, Halloween themed, obviously. We're in Massachusetts. You so gotta do it. Number one. Yeah, fucking millions of people. Oh, actually, that'd be fucking sick. Oh, I'm just gonna interview a bunch of fucking tourists of the month of October. Let's fucking go. Didn't even think about that till right now. Should probably write that down, but hopefully my mind will remember that. Uh, anything else about the show? Um, it's the show now I have trying to stop saying podcast because, uh, I mean, brilliant put it perfectly, but I mean, I was going to do that anyways for this season. There's a difference between a YouTube show or a YouTube video and a podcast. A podcast is audio only. Obviously, um, technically this show is also being released in podcast form. I wish more YouTube videos were released in podcast form, like Emp Lemon or like Internet Historian. I wish they were uh, put into podcast form. I would also agree with that, but I wanna lean away from just the podcast, like in the name, because it's not just audio, this is visual. Obviously I spent a good amount of time on making a set like this, and if I'm doing interviews in public or just asking people in public questions, not going to make any fucking sense so without the visual i mean i guess i haven't done it yet i don't know how audio how audio listeners are going to enjoy that me uh but we'll see how that goes on top of that um same editing advertisers the same we could go xyz all that stuff don't think much as well that never mind i'm gonna ixnate what i was just gonna say so there's the show update the metaverse of the show. Let's see how many minutes we're in on this. Oh, we're doing good. We're probably going to finish off hour and a half. Fine with me. Even an hour and 20 is fine. Off that, we're going to go to uh, our favorite website, Facebook, as always, the uh, Mothership. And this is a, an article about how a Facebook uh, group uh, was banned for using the word ho too much. Now, if this was a prostitution group on Facebook, I could understand that. But this was actually a New York gardening group. So a gardening group on Facebook got banned for using the word hoe too much. As always, I will be reading an article because a lot of time if I just talk off the cuff, it actually sounds pretty good if I just talk off the cuff. But that's the problem. I get pauses like that. Moderating at... A, uh, moderating a Facebook gardening group in Western New York is not without challenges. There are complaints of woolly bugs, inclement, uh, inclement weather, and other novice members who insist on using detergent on their plants. What idiot does that? Idiot. Fucking idiot. And then there's the word Ho. Facebook algorithm sometimes flag this particular word for violating its community standards, apparently referring to the word, uh, to a different word without an E at the end that is noticeably often misspelled as a gardening tool. Normally, Facebook's automated systems will flag posts with offending material and deleting them. But if a group's members Or worse, administrators violate the rules too many times. The entire group can be shut down. Obviously, this is what happened. Uh, Elizabeth, don't want to dox completely. Don't want to get fucking, fuck you. Uh, one of the group's moderators was worried about this. After all the, after all, the group uh, Western New York gardeners has more than 7,500 members who use it to get gardening tips and advice. It's been especially popular during the pandemic where many homebound people took on the task of gardening. I wish more people would garden. Uh, big gardening fan uh, ever since a child. So garden, make your own food. Um, also, if you're vegan, you're eating living beings also. So rather than just caring about animals how about you also care about the living plants that you'll be growing in your yard um you'll get very affectionate with those so there you go have fun with that start growing your own shit that's what a lot of people in this group started doing back to the topic at hand a hoe eh, by any other name uh could be called a rake or a or a rototill a hoe or otherwise known as a rototill uh was not about to ban the word from the group or try to delete each instance. When a group member commented push-pull-ho on a post asking for your most loved and indispensable weeding tools, Facebook sent a notification that said, we reviewed this comment and found it goes against our guides of standards of harassment and bullying. Facebook uses both human moderators and artificial intelligence to root out material that goes against its rules. In this case, a human likely would have known that (laughs) that a hoe in a gardening group is likely not in the instance of harassment or bullying, but an AI not always good at context and nuance of language. Clearly, that's how the Internet works. It also misses a lot. Users often complain that they are reporting violence and abuse language on Facebook rules that is not violating uh, their actual community standards. Misinformation on that. Va- all right. Oh, God. Okay. Let's just add in all this other shit that doesn't matter about the article. Okay, great. Never heard of from person or Facebook and found navigating social network systems of surveys and ways to try to set records straight was futile. Contacted by the associate press, a Facebook representative said in an email this week that the company found the group and corrected the mistake, uh, the mistaken enforcement. So it's basically the ask for forgiveness, do something and then ask for forgiveness rather than asking and doing. So same thing here. Uh, it also put an extra check in place, meaning that someone, an actual person will check offending posts before the group is considered for deletion. We'll check before the group is considered. Okay. The company would not say if other gardening groups had similar problems in January. Facebook mistakenly flagged UK trade, UK landmark of Plymouth Ho as as offensive, then apologized according to The Guardian. We have plans to build out better customer support for our products. Of course, you fucking assholes. Shouldn't have been doing that for the last seven goddamn years. Then provide public with even more information about our policies and how we enforce them. Facebook said in a statement in response. Fuck you. Then something else came up. Then I received a notification that Facebook automatically disabled commenting on a post because of possible violence and hate in multiple comments. (laughs) <laughs> the offending comment included kill them all drown them with soapy water and japanese beetles are jerks oh that's what they're using they're using the soapy water to kill the weeds dude this is so fucked this is that the reason on the reason i want to talk about this is we cannot have these ai systems just doing all this shit this is just where we're moderating things that just shouldn't be moderated there's way too much nuance to this anyone who thinks ais are gonna take over human shit this is a great example of no it's not Fucking going to ai is going to take over stupid human shit that just none of us want to do and it's very simple to do finding the nuance in kill them all drown them with soapy water in a gardening group on facebook is basically only something a human could do but if you did train your ai correctly it wouldn't just be something that a facebook group would would you'd be able to tell so god damn it facebook why are you banning these gardeners speaking on uh, environmental topics just like to bring this up cuz apparently no mainstream news uh outlets want to talk about this but uh uh in Tampa Bay, Florida, 400 400 million gallons of wastewater have been dumped into Tampa Bay. What? 400 million gallons. Just try to fathom that. 400 million 480 million gallons of wastewater have been dumped into Tampa Bay, creating a terrible red tide. So this is an actual statement, press release, July 19th, 2021. More than two dozen local businesses and conservation groups today asked Governor DeSanta to to declare a state of emergency due to the ongoing red tide and fish kills in and around Tampa Bay. The St. Petersburg City Council and Mayor also have requested that the governor declare a state of emergency to help coordinate and fund the need to clean up efforts and mitigate the worsening red tide. The red tide appeared in Tampa Bay shortly after Florida regulators in March authorized the discharge of 480 million gallons of wastewater from the Piney Point um uh, yeah uh, something stack word that my brain just doesn't want to pronounce right now um so basically this place I looked into it more it's fucking huge uh it would. It's basically a reservoir of wastewater from a fertilization plant. That would. That's the wastewater from when they're making fertilizer, and they just store it in a giant fucking lake base, a man-made lake. So this is what happened. They discharged it because it was about to either overflow into the city or they dumped it. So they just dumped it into Tampa Bay. Um, the maybe. Gubsack is a mountain of toxic waste topped by an impoundment of hundreds of millions of gallons of processed wastewater, stormwater, and tons of um, degraded spoil from the port, from port manatee. So-called nutrient pollution, like, uh, nitrogen, phosphorus from the discharge can significantly worsen red tides. The hundreds of tons Hundreds of tons of dead marine life discovered in recent weeks has included manatees, uh, groupers, which weigh hundreds of pounds, as well as pufferfish, eel, horseshoe crabs, uh, sheepshed, mullet, snook, red drum, uh, tarpon, sharks, go- uh, gupper, catfish, numerous other species of fish. This red tide's camp, uh, uh, carnage is horrific and infuriating. Tampa Bay desperately needs help cleaning up the mess and Florida needs to get its act together and start holding pollutants accountable and will continue to be significant threats to our way of life. So let me just, let me just state this again. Tens of ton- hundreds of tons of dead marine life are floating to the surface in Tampa Bay right now because 480 million gallons of wastewater was dumped into tampa bay and only local news outlets are talking about it the reason i heard about this was from oh god i can't remember his name he does all he he, uh surfs on florida Mm, this is oh uh juke squad they do like trampolines and shit crazy stuff love their videos. And he does talk, he talked about one of these red tides last year when they dumped a bunch of Okeechobee water into the ocean. Same kind of thing here with the red tide happening. There's a red tide in mass. Can't go kayaking basically anywhere I want because of that. I'm not getting fucking ingesting that shit, but no one's fucking talking about this shit. So thank you. COVID apparently... uh, Oh, this is great. So we can discharge 480 million gallons of wastewater in Piney Point and the United States can get probably over about 50% vaccinated, which was supposed to stop the curve, which is the whole end of the COVID. COVID. And uh, apparently we just want to keep talking about COVID uh, when other terrible things are happening. No one wants to talk about it. Um, We're going to get to the end of the episode talking about this stuff, uh, seeing as I did call the... Uh, lab leak in January 27th. The video came out January 27th, 2020. I released a podcast where I talked about the possibility of and the very large feasibility of the COVID-19 virus being released from the Wuhan lab. So let me reinstate that again. January 27th, 2020 lockdowns in Massachusetts happened in March 2020. So a month before a good solid month before lockdowns happened or started happening in the United States, I called the fact that a virus was ripping through China and also most likely in the United States and was most likely created in a lab in Wuhan. Well, since then, uh I didn't I barely talked about it in last season because YouTube and other websites were taking people down who supposedly talked about this terrible conspiracy theory that happened. So I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to get deplatformed, but now I can talk about it because a lot of mainstream people are talking about it. So I'm just going to pat myself on the back real quick. Um, yeah, I called this shit. So if you want sources of things that no one's talking about and me maybe predicting them, possibly before other things, you might want to keep listening um also i'm just floating my boat a lot because that's the first thing i've really kind of been on top of and then it takes over a full fucking year for people to realize that oh yeah you know maybe it did come from the level four laboratory that's less than a mile away from the supposed uh food market that oh god damn it also I, th- I think it's highly suspicious that there's other terrible diseases and illnesses that run through us rampantly, like maybe the fact that there's a very large heart attack issue in the United States on top of obesity and terrible eating, terrible healthy lifestyles in the United States. Um, no one wants to talk about the amount of deaths that happen from that. Uh, but apparently we, we have to get a vaccine for a virus that was from bats. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't get the vaccine. I think you should get the vaccine if you're applicable to get it. But I'm saying there is, I find it very suspicious that we had to shut down the planet for a virus that was supposedly not from a lab. But on the off chance it was from the lab, wouldn't you want everyone to get vaccinated for it? Now, I agree that if this was from a lab, we probably should probably get vaccinated for it, uh, seeing as who knows what things might be able to happen the next coming years after that's out. But it, there's no way that they didn't think that this was a possibility if they didn't want us to lock. Like, I, there's no way that they didn't think this was a possibility. There's no fucking way. There's no way. And Fauci's emails have now came out from January saying, oh, yeah, this might actually be possible. So I don't know. We're going to look back at... Why is my nose so goddamn itchy right now? We're going to... Thank God it's at the end of the episode. We're going to find out in probably two or three years if we're still not fucking locked down, apparently. But whatever. Massachusetts is basically full, basically full bore open. So I, I I honestly... I don't give a shit about this, stu- this stuff anymore. Fucking... This shit's... Co- the Wuhan virus, as it should aptly... It should be called the Wuhan virus... That is not going to stop. There are going to be variants forever and ever because, yes, the United States might be vaccinated, but the problem is, is these third world and second world countries aren't getting vaccinated. So a lot of these variants are coming from countries where vaccinations aren't even a thing because U.S. companies don't want to get rid of their IP and they want those third world countries to pay money for the vaccines. They don't just want to just give it away. So shout out the pharmaceutical companies just making... Probably trillions of dollars on, on, at, at this point. Uh, Shout out them for, there you go, um, creating uh, the scam-endemic, as I like to call it. Uh, Massachusetts is open anymore, so I can't really complain. There's, there's masses, masses back to normal, as we'd say. Other than the fact that all the businesses that were destroyed during all of this uh, were uh, not coming back. Uh, on top of that, I would like to, um, actually, no, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, wait, I do have the link. It's a link to Oh, I guess I don't have the link. Uh, I guess I'll just talk about it in the next episode cuz I I'll 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 bring it up, but uh I'll leave I'll, I'll I'll end this episode on this note. Um, so COVID or the Wuhan virus has supposedly killed 600,000 dead uh in the United States from the Wuhan virus. Now, as we know, uh if you got hit by a bus, and you have COVID. You have COVID. Uh, theoretically, uh, George Floyd did have COVID in his system during that, uh, terrible stuff. So theoretically, uh, on top of him being murdered by police officers, he was also a COVID death. So, um, 600,000 dead from Wuhan virus in the United States. On top of that, um, uh, I'll just put this out here. 2019. 600,000 missing person reports were reported in the United States. Just 2019. Let me just... I didn't think this was real. 600,000 missing persons reports in the United States in 2019. Just... 600,000 dead from COVID. And... 600,000 missing in just 2019. Now, if you really want to look at the charts, almost 1 million missing person remote, uh, missing person reports. God, my, I can't wait to watch this over. My brain is just exponentially going downhill. It's not an S curve up. It's just an S curve down to the end of this episode when I crash, crashing right now. Um, Uh, I should probably just bring it up another. Just six hundred thousand in nineteen ninety-six. Over uh, almost one million uh, missing person reports in the United States. So, just uh, food for thought. In twenty eighteen, it was uh, around another six hundred thousand. So, we averaged over the last couple years at around six hundred thousand missing persons reports in the United States. Six hundred thousand missing people in the United States on average every year now seeing as the pandemic hit and everyone was locked inside those numbers went down drastically because you can't really have a missing person if they're locked in your house with you so that those numbers are now skewed but just just think about this virus supposedly killed 600,000 people also supposedly uh, 600,000 people missing every single year uh, on average over the last uh, very long time, so there you go. End it off on that. Wickedgood.xyz for everything. If you're on YouTube, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, A video above me. I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. Video above me. Subscribe in the middle over there. Video above him, uh, Mr. Bones. Wickedgood.xyz for all platforms: YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Hub, Patreon. Got a Reddit now. Uh, advertisers: Bluetooth, Love Sense. Uh, there you go. Um, that's it.